And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank Matt Locke for covering for me yesterday. Just had some family business come up. Uh, back. Schedule shouldn't be all weird now. Okay, Schedule should hopefully be settled back down to normal. I know it's been a little uh, little strange with the holidays and and then coming back and then going away again. But uh, I think everything is kind of settled down for uh, for at least the near future. Anyway, phone number to join us, 574-25-9595-3. That is 2595-953. You can also send me a text message at 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. I also want to thank the new show sponsor, R&B Car Company. R&B has a huge selection of quality SUVs, cars, trucks, crossovers, and minivans. Go to rnbcarcompany.com to find special offers and promotions today. All right, so there's a couple of things, obviously, that have to be addressed. Uh, one is the the situation with Iraq. I think, did Matt talk about the Parliament of Iraq voting to have U.S. troops leave? Okay, so the Iraqi parliament called on government forces, U.S. government forces, to leave. Um, this, uh, this extends out into coalition forces as well. This is in response to killing... Qasem Soleimani, who again is a terrorist who has killed hundreds of Americans, wounded thousands of others, and is responsible for terrorist attacks all across the world. Um, and and here's the thing, you know, while our American media was out there playing for all of you, Soleimani reading poetry, there were places in Iraq where thousands of people took to the streets to celebrate. Iranian citizens were all over social media letting everybody know how happy they were that this butcher was dead. So there's an awful lot of people in Iraq and Iran who don't like this guy. But the fact that Parliament voted this way, to me, says a couple of, of things. Well, first, good, as far as I'm concerned. We put our effort into Iraq. It, it, they're, it's, they're on their own now. Now, we'll see ultimately how this all shakes out, but ultimately, this is, this is their mess now. So when another group like ISIS pops up, don't call us. When Iran turns Iraq into a vassal state, don't call us. Now, of course, we will be foolish enough to go back because that's just who we are, and we don't want Iran to make Iraq a vassal, but that's, you know, we'll see what ultimately happens. I suppose it depends on who's the commander-in-chief at the time. But if the Iraqi parliament doesn't want us there, fine. And we've already said, all right, cool, we'll leave. A coalition has said, all right, we'll, we'll bounce. You know, we gave you your country back. You had free elections for the first time in the entirety of the Iraqi people's history. They've never had free elections before us. We've given them an opportunity to go ahead and set their own goals. And what we have found out is that a large chunk of the Iraqi parliament is okay with becoming a vassal state of Iran, which, by the way, has been a goal of Iran since at least the 1970s. Iran has wanted to control Iraq for a very, very long time, and they are now on the cusp of doing it. So we've learned that a lot more Iraqis are okay with Iran controlling everything than we previously were led to believe. And like I said, the other aspect of it is, all right, cool, bring our people home then, let us focus on other things, we've got more important things to do, and when things go to heck, which they will, don't call us anymore. Because when they do call, we'll have to remind them, hey, remember that first time we liberated you? And then remember how we protected your people from the insurgency after that? And then remember how um, you begged us to help you out with ISIS? And then, then we did. 
And do you remember how we tried to prevent Iran from, from uh, you know, taking control of your country and then you told us to leave? Remember all of that? Yeah, we're done now. You're on your own. But this also allows all of the blame to be on them. I know that there will be people out there who will try to rewrite history and say it's our fault. If we didn't kill Soleimani, then, then this would have never happened. Actually, we've been at this point several times going back to the Bush administration where the Iraqis in, in, in parliament and in government wanted us to leave and we were willing to leave and eventually negotiations shake out. Typically what happens is you get a bunch of Iraqis in government who get uppity. They want us to leave. And the moment we start leaving, bad things happen and then they beg us to stay. That's generally what goes on. I don't know if that is going to happen this time or not. Now, as I told you, be was it, uh, what is today, Tuesday? Stay Tuesday? Okay, as I told you, Friday, we learned from Iraqi government officials that Soleimani was there to overthrow their government. He wasn't just there to attack American troops and American diplomats who were still there at the embassy and throughout the country, but they had intel that said that he was there to foment the overthrow of the Iraqi government. And it appears that they have a lot of loyalists for Iran in the Iraqi parliament. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Iraq um, is probably going to go towards Iran. And that is going to be very bad for the Kurds. It's going to be very bad for various uh, factions uh, with the whole Sunni Shia thing. It's, it's going to suck for a lot of people for a lot of time. But at this point, we get to take our hands and just kind of, we told you. We tried to help you. We told you. This is on you. It's not on us. It's on all of you. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm okay with it. I'm done. We have done far more for that country than, frankly, they have deserved. And I understand why it was so difficult this time around, because we broke our promises back with the original Gulf War. That was our fault. That's the reason that the insurgency was able to gain such a hold in the country when we went back this time. Nobody thought we were going to stay. It was one of the main reasons that we heard from Iraqis on the streets, civilians, we can't, we can't support the coalition because the coalition last time just packed up and left and a bunch of us died and we're not going to, to back them now because when you leave, we're still here and they now know who we are and who we helped. And it was one of the reasons that the insurgency after the invasion became such a problem. Now, the insurgency didn't even start for a year after the invasion was over. People forget that. But this is, this is squarely on them. And like I said, the fact that they have so many in Parliament who are okay with Iran taking control and basically dictating their future, okay then. The real question is, will the, will the American government... Um, European Union is going to allow it to happen, but will the American government allow it to happen? Like I said, it's going to come down to who's the commander-in-chief, okay? So we'll, we'll ultimately see. But at this point in time, it's them. Now the coalition has said, all right, cool, we'll leave. We'll, we'll pack up. We'll start the, uh, the process of, of leaving. Now, because of that, you need to pay attention to some things that may or may not happen. Um, if, if... If the coalition leaves, now again, um, the coalition basically said that they would, but the defense secretary has said that we're not leaving, we're just repositioning everybody. 
So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out when it's all said and done, okay? Because we don't have all of the answers. They're just kind of, you know, we have some reports and, and things of that nature. And as as is with any breaking situation that has happened this fast, they got to figure out what to do. I don't know exactly what that repositioning is going to look like. I'll, I'll quote the, uh, the Secretary of Defense here in a minute. Um, but ultimately, it's going to depend on, on what we end up deciding to do, okay? Uh, there's, there's a lot of people who say, all right, cool, we're done with Iraq, let's just leave. What happens, happens, we did our part. If it falls apart now, it's on them. There's another part that say, yes, but then we have to deal with another ISIS potentially, or we have to deal with growing power base with Iran, uh, and all of that stuff. All right, so there's some different ideas on this. Now, Germany, the United Kingdom, other coalition members, they've taken troops out of Baghdad, they've started that. Uh, like I said, the Secretary of Defense has said that we're not leaving Iraq, but we are going to reposition there. Mark Esper announced on Monday that some forces are being repositioned inside Iraq, not leaving the country. Two other U.S. officials told NPR that some are going to Kuwait temporarily. The troop movement signaled by heavy helicopter traffic out of U.S. base in central Baghdad was coupled with confusion about a letter sent by the U.S. military to Iraqi officials. The letter said the movements were in response to the Iraqi call for U.S. forces to leave the country. And again, this is not the first time that this has happened. The letter implied a withdrawal was underway. Late Monday, General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, told reporters that the letter was poorly worded. Esper told, uh, also told reporters at the Pentagon uh, that an Iraqi parliament vote on Sunday to expel U.S. troops was non-binding. That is true, it is non-binding. And that there are no plans to leave Iraq yet. Okay, so we'll ultimately see what happens here, Okay. But if we get to that point, you know, it very well could be, all right, we're done. We warned you all. And if you want to be a vassal of Iran after that long and bloody history between the two of you, then so be it. You, you go ahead and give in and let them run things. And I would like to remind everybody that Iran used to be a very beautiful and very prosperous nation until the 1970s. And Iraq, which is right now starting to become prosperous, will go right back to where it was before, probably worse than it was under Saddam Hussein. If this all plays out the way that some of the members of parliament uh, majority want to have happen. okay. But you still got a bunch of people running around and going, I'm not sure about this. We shouldn't have killed this guy. Uh, it's an escalation. I mean, I'm sorry, but you are a feeble-minded idiot if you call what we did an escalation. Him killing hundreds of American troops was an escalation. The fact that there was no response up until this point is ludicrous. If you're going to kill American troops, you need to know that we're going to kill several of you. It's really just that simple. If you want, if you want to go ahead and open yourself up to attack, then do something. If you don't, leave us alone and we'll leave you alone. That history has shown that that is pretty much how things go. You don't bother us and you don't bother your peaceful neighbors, we tend to not bother you. That's generally how things work out. When people poke the bear, they have to deal with the consequences of that. All right, 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. Boy, do we have a lot to get to today. We'll take some phone calls coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. From the final phase, electric studios. From the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. This is Casey Hendrickson.
morning, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. I want to thank our sponsor, R&B Car Company. R&B has a huge selection of quality SUVs, cars, trucks, crossovers, and minivans. Go to rnbcarcompany.com to find out special offers and promotions today. All right, uh, take one or two more phone calls on the situation with Iraq and Iran, and then we'll move on. We've got other things to talk about, including the uh, latest development on impeachment. Reed, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. What's on your mind? Good. Hey, uh, I was just uh, curious uh, how you felt about Iran or getting out of Iraq and what we would do with our embassy. Uh, would we be able to maintain an embassy there without the troops? Well, I mean, if you leave the if you leave the country militarily, if that happens and they still want an embassy there, your embassy still has a contingent of forces that are there to protect the embassy. Every embassy does. So even if we pull out and we keep an embassy there, we will have a contingent to protect the embassy. Uh, and then, of course, we have the ability to do what we did this last time, which is deploy forces there very rapidly. You know, we're we're stationed all around Iraq anyway. So if we ever needed to get people there, you know, quickly, we could, uh, as we did this last time and demonstrated that. But um, yeah, if there I isn't an embassy, you. then, yeah, there may not be any Americans there. But I don't foresee there not being an embassy there. Yeah, well, and, you know, I won't even get into the conspiracy theories as to what that embassy really is and what it really means to us, but I'm guessing we wouldn't leave it behind. Uh, well, I mean, if if you're if you're referring to the infrastructure of it, no, nah, we would probably take it apart. Yeah, I, I would assume so. But, yeah. you know, it, as far as whether or not we have an embassy in Iraq, I don't see the Iraqis not wanting us to have an embassy. No, the comment was more related to how much we would have to take apart because of the size of it. Sure. Um, yeah, probably quite a bit. Who knows? So it all depends on how they have everything orchestrated in, inside. So, Yeah. All right. Well, have a good day. All Thanks. right, you too. I appreciate it. You know, it's and, and here's the thing. Somebody had asked, was Soleimani um, partly involved with Benghazi? Um, there's information out there that he, that he was, which is why we keep bringing it up. Now, let's just say there are some people who are trying to dispute that. And by the way, the people who are disputing that have no evidence that he wasn't involved, but they do point to um, a Republican uh, investigation into Benghazi, which said that they don't believe that Iran was involved uh, and that the Quds Force was involved in any way. Now, you could look at that a couple of different ways. You could look at that as the Republicans didn't find any evidence of Iran being involved and therefore couldn't draw that conclusion in the report. Uh, the other thing you can do is... Uh, track the history of the American government in inquiries and officially not blaming a foreign government for something that later comes out that foreign government was absolutely involved with. Uh, for example, we have had several reports about 9-11, which showed that Saudi Arabia and no one in Saudi Arabia other than the actual terrorists were involved in the 9-11 attacks. We now know that that is not true. We now know that there was, in fact, a Saudi government um, apparatus that was involved with that. Now, it wasn't it wasn't the royal family, per se, openly, and the entire government of Iran supporting it, but there were people within Iran's government who helped foment the, that attack. That was declassified, what, a year ago? Maybe two? So we know that that happened, but our government said the Saudis were not responsible. So you have, you have to look at the words, you have to look at the wordplay that is used. But let's just say for a second, okay, and I'm going to give... 
the detractors this. Let's just say for a second that all of the government sources that say Soleimani had a hand in planning Benghazi are wrong or lying. So what? His leadership, the Quds force that he ran, and his operations are undeniably responsible for hundreds of American deaths. That is not in dispute. That is not up for debate. That is official numbers from the United States government, not under this administration, but under the previous administration who declared the Quds Force a terrorist organization. So the Obama administration knows this guy's a terrorist, knows the forces he leads are terrorists. He knows that they're responsible for attacks against Americans. Okay, the guy that just replaced Soleimani as the head of the Quds Force was declared a terrorist by the Obama administration. This is not some weird conspiracy as Rolling Stone and other liberal publications are trying to make it out to be. What's interesting to me is that you have people looking at Rolling Stone magazine and going, well, I believe Rolling Stone magazine over all of these people who have been writing about this, who have security clearances all of these years. Suddenly, Rolling Stone magazine is is the de facto legitimate source that you should be buying into and not all of these people that have been writing about this since 2014. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Now, I tend to believe the people with security clearance more than I believe a stupid reporter. But that's just me. Now, I could be wrong. Those people could be wrong. They could be lying. Who knows? What is not in dispute is that Soleimani led a group of people that commits acts of terrorism all over the world, including a plot to assassinate the Saudi ambassador in the United States on American soil, has killed hundreds of Americans, maimed many more, and has, again, committed those acts of terrorism all over the world. That's not in dispute, okay? There is no debate about that. There isn't anybody who says, none of that's true. He's a super awesome guy. Everybody acknowledges who Soleimani was. Everybody. And that doesn't come from the Trump administration. That comes from the Obama administration. So even if the information that has been out there since 2014 about Soleimani and Benghazi, even if that's not correct, it isn't relevant. Because he still killed American troops. He's still a terrorist who plots terrorist attacks all over the world. So if the best you have is, yeah, he's a terrorist who's killed hundreds of us, but he wasn't involved in Benghazi. See, they're lying. He shouldn't have died. If that's the best you got, I'm sorry, but you're pretty pathetic. If you don't want us to target you, don't target us. It isn't that hard. Like I said, if you look at history, we tend to leave people alone who leave us alone and don't bother their peaceful neighbors. Got a lot to discuss today. I'll tell you what the latest is on the impeachment effort in the Senate. That's coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Last I saw the death toll from the stampede in Iran at Soleimani's funeral killed at least 56 people. So while the Iranians were having a funeral for General Soleimani, there was a stampede that killed 56 of them. 
They're yelling death to America. In other words, it's just another Tuesday in Iran because they do that all the time. I don't know why uh, why some of these journalists on social media and even on television are like, oh, it's just uh, powerful images of them shouting death to him. They do that all the time. You know that, right? Like we have video of them doing it. Seriously, it's like a Tuesday thing for them. It's like Tuesday brunch. But the thing that got me is uh, if the image is real, <laughs> I, I don't... I haven't I haven't taken the time to verify it, so just forgive me if it ends up being uh, being fake. But if the image is real, they're chanting "Death to America." Soleimani's coffin is in the back of a Chevy pickup truck. <laughs> so if, if that ends up being true, that's just perfect. Anyway, five seven four twenty five ninety five ninety five three. I've got a liberal uncle, and uh, one of the gifts that was given to him by another relative was all natural CBD lotion that I endorse here on this program. And this is the text message. I can't lie that CBD lotion is bleeping amazing five stars. I like the scent. Uh, Wife put it on my back last night after a long day of work. Uh, He lifts things for a living and it made me feel amazing. Still great today. So, um, He's, he works in one of the resorts in Las Vegas where he's constantly lifting and moving things around and his back gets sore at the end of the day. It's one of the reasons that they offered it as a, as a gift over the holidays. And the first time that they used it, uh, they got the lavender, by the way, not the unscented. The first time that they used it, his pain went away. He felt great that night. And the next day, he sent the text messages to my other relative and said that this all-natural CBD lotion was just phenomenal. And it is. This is why so many of you continue to purchase it again and why people keep contacting me, asking me where they can get it. So again, pay attention. Allnaturalcbd.org. Allnaturalcbd.org. That's where you can get it, okay? You can get it in either lavender or unscented. More scents are coming soon. Lavender or unscented. You can get it in 250 milligrams of full-spectrum CBD or 500 milligrams of full-spectrum CBD. I recommend just get the 500. You don't need to ease yourself into it, right? You're not going to get high off of the stuff. And it works. Here's the thing. 500 milligrams of full-spectrum CBD, and full-spectrum is what you want in CBD. That's the highest quality. You get a four-ounce bottle, and it's only $19.99, which is a third to a fifth the cost of competitors who have 500 milligrams of full-spectrum CBD. And they're not lotions. So you, and they usually have less, a smaller bottle. Like, I think the closest that I found, we did this a few weeks ago with, with Joe here. I think the closest that I found was a one-ounce bottle that had 500 milligrams of full-spectrum. And it was, what, 60 bucks or something? It was like 50 or 60 bucks. And it wasn't even a lotion. It was a cream. Uh, so the lotion, again, it moisturizes, soothes your skin, just like any good lotion will do, but it also delivers that CBD into your muscles and your joints. So if you're dealing with arthritis, minor aches and pains, if you want to put it on before you work out and after you work out, it's going to help with it, that exercise soreness that you get so you'll be able to function. The stuff is just phenomenal. Go to allnaturalcbd.org and, again, use coupon code KC10, C-A-S-E-Y, and you get 10% off. You can still use that coupon code at any local eCigWorks location if you want to buy it in person, okay? AllNaturalCBD.org, promo code KC10. All right, 574 
95.3. This is the latest on impeachment. Republicans have the 51 votes needed to start the impeachment trial for President Trump. That's according to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican of Kentucky, also may be a turtle. We have the votes once the impeachment trial has begun to pass a resolution essentially the same, very similar to the 100 to nothing vote in the Clinton trial, which sets up, as you may recall, what could best be described as maybe a phase one. So essentially what Mitch McConnell is saying is we have the votes. If impeachment comes to the Senate, we have the votes to basically run this impeachment trial the exact same way that we ran the Clinton impeachment trial which I would assume most people would assume is fair, okay? If that's how we tried to impeach the last president, then why would it not be good enough to do for this one? The resolution includes guidelines for the prosecution and defense in making arguments and sets aside a period for written questions to be submitted through Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts, who will preside over the trial. Senators aren't allowed to speak during an impeachment trial, okay? At that point, During the Clinton trial, the issue of the appropriateness of calling witnesses was addressed. That will be addressed at uh, at that time and not before the trial begins, Mitch McConnell said.